Welcome to Chalk and Truth, the podcast that brings together conservative pastor Brian Clark and famous comedian Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy. And the best looking one at this entire deal. They'll be talking truth about the Bible and life. That's right. And and we'll even maybe take you on a virtual Bigfoot hunt. Now let's join Brian for today's look at God's Word, followed by conversation and a little fun with Brian, Dan, and today's guest, Pastor Nat Crawford. Now, here's Brian. The truth is we've all made mistakes. We've all blown it and made a mess of things. If you could go back in time knowing what you know now, what decisions would you go back and try to correct? I'm sure that Abraham, if he could, would go back and change the choices he made from our story in Genesis 16. Abraham and Sarah were people of remarkable faith, Hall of Famers. But waiting is hard, and they did a lot of waiting. God promised they would have a son through whom all the nations of the world would be blessed. By chapter 15 of Genesis, Sarah was in her 60s, and Abraham is 70s. How excited they must have been when God reminded them that he would keep his promise and they would have a son. So they waited with great anticipation. And they waited. And they waited. And they waited. A month, six months, a year, five years, ten years, and nothing happened. Their excitement turned to anguish. It must have felt like a cruel joke as it became more and more evident there would be no child. Ten years had passed between Genesis chapter 15 and chapter 16, which opens with these words. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. When we read those words, we think, "Uh uh-oh. Yep, Sarah suggested that her husband have relations with her slave girl to produce a child that she could claim as her own. Well, that seems very strange to us. It was actually commonly practiced in ancient times. But this isn't what God wanted. Abraham and Sarah were hurt. They were disappointed and tired of waiting on God. Sarah's plan seemed like a possible solution to their problem. Sadly, Abraham agreed. Soon Hagar, the slave girl, was pregnant with Abraham's child which made it evident the problem in getting pregnant was with Sarah. Almost immediately, there was conflict between Sarah and Abraham and Sarah and Hagar. Years of pain and disappointment were now coming out in hurtful and destructive ways. Hagar was a young Egyptian slave girl who really had no say in any of this, but now she was the focus of Sarah's anger. So she fled to make her way back to Egypt. She was frightened, she was pregnant and alone, and her chances of survival were remote. But the angel of the Lord found her in her misery. In the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord is often considered to be God appearing in human form. The angel of the Lord appeared a number of times in the Old Testament, but it's worth noting that this is the first time he appears in the Bible. It wasn't to Adam, not to Noah, not to Abraham, but to a young, frightened, pregnant slave girl. Abraham and Sarah's lack of faith led to a disastrous decision 
that now made Hagar's life unbearable. But God met her in her hour of need and promised her that he would take care of her. She would have a son to be named Ishmael, which means God hears. God heard Hagar's cries and gave her a son who would become the father of the Arab people. God returned Hagar to Abraham and Sarah. When Hagar explained to them her visit from God, they both realized the error of their ways, and they brought Hagar back into the family. Abraham was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. Ishmael, whose name meant God hears, would be a constant reminder to Abraham and Sarah that even when nothing makes sense, remember God hears. You have to trust him and believe that he tells the truth. So for now, Abraham and Sarah would have to wait. They ran out of patience once and made an unfortunate decision. They were determined not to do it again. So now, once again, they must wait. And wait, and wait for 13 more years before God would finally give them the promised son. Some of you are in a season of waiting. It may feel to you like God doesn't hear or care. You keep waiting and God seems like he's a million miles away. You may be tempted to take matters into your own hands and just do things your own way. Please don't do that. That can only lead to trouble. When the angel of the Lord came to Hagar, he told her she would have a son. But he also told her that that son would live in conflict with his brothers for the rest of his days. In other words, God was telling her that the Jewish people and the Arab people that would come from Abraham would live in conflict with one another all of their days. All you have to do is turn on the nightly news and you are reminded of the ongoing conflict in the Middle East and the consequences of Abraham and Sarah's failure to trust God. So we remind ourselves that God hears us. He hasn't forgotten us. We need to trust him even when the things around us make no sense at all. To be a person of faith, you must learn to wait for God, and waiting can be very hard. So let's bring in Dan and Nat. Let's talk about this. Guys, it's easy to be critical of Abraham and Sarah, but just try to imagine how incredibly hard it must have been to wait that long for God to do what now seemed impossible. Well, that's why they're in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I mean, you look back on them and their faithfulness and they're falling down and getting back up and trusting God. I mean, that's why they're in the Hall of Fame. And I'll be honest, 86 when Ishmael was born, I mean, that alone you should look at and go, that is a miracle. Look, I'm 58. I can barely walk up the stairs right now. <laughs> So, I mean, <laughs> this Abraham, he had it going on. You look at people like that and you're like, holy mackerel, there's such good examples to us, good examples to people that are learning and trying to trying to do the best they can. It's great examples to us to understand that, man, they're just like you, man. They, they fell and then they made mistakes and there was consequences for those mistakes. But in the end, if you remain faithful... God will do what he says he will do. And that's why, again, they're in the Hall of Fame. Well, and, and you're exactly right. And I love what you just said because he did mess up. 
I mean, Abraham didn't do it perfectly. I mean, slept with his maidservant for crying out loud. Yes, cultural, <laughs> culturally, it was it was common. Doesn't make it right. right. I mean, we experience that kind of stuff all the all the time today. But here was this man who was saved by faith. It wasn't his actions, and thank goodness because he couldn't do it right. But you know, there's something you said at the beginning of this message that I I think a lot of us struggle with is sometimes the Bible records things that we just go, I don't like that. That's not right. But the Bible doesn't always record just what it prescribed, but instead they record it exactly as it happened, and that gives me a lot of hope. Right, so that's <laughs> that's almost as good a point as those Dan is making. Dang it. Trying Thank to, you. I'm Thank trying you to make right from the last episode. Oh, man. But you're right. If Abraham is the hero of the Old Testament scriptures, if it was manufactured, you certainly wouldn't put these details in the story. It does go to the credibility of the Bible. This is actually what happened. Mm -hmm. I do think, too, when we read through the Old Testament, you lose track of how much time has passed. Oh, for sure. And so to realize how long they waited and how hurtful that must well, have been. Well, you know, I, I circled that because when you're reading the Bible, you don't, you're, you know, you're just reading as this is the story. But the whole thing about 10 years passed between just two chapters. I mean, you think of the Bible and how big the, long the Bible is. You're reading the That's, Bible. I mean, yeah. 10 years just in between that one chapter. You know, thinking about this waiting theme. So even specific to this story, I mean, how many couples maybe are listening to this and they're wanting a child Mm. and months turn into years and it's not happening. It's easy at some point to become angry and bitter at God. Maybe it's a disease. Maybe it's somebody that is single and wish they were married, Mm. but waiting and wondering where's God, why doesn't he show up? It's a pretty common point of hurt with people Uh, as it relates to their relationship with God? Oh, it happens all the time. The question is, what do you do with it, right? I mean, we've all had to wait in this room for different experiences. And, you know, I I know I've wrestled with God an awful lot because it's like, okay, God, is this a no? This a not yet? Like, what am I supposed to do here? So, I mean, when you, I mean, you've counseled me. I've come into your office years ago saying, okay, what's God's will for my life? Is it this or this? Like, how do you counsel people? Obviously, this is so generic and may not be helpful, but I think you nailed it. A lot of people today are feeling, what's up, God? You're letting me down. How do they know? It is challenging. I think as a young pastor, I probably gave too many answers. Mm. And now, 40 years later, I often say, I don't know, Mm -hmm. because I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't know why God isn't giving you a child. I don't know why God doesn't heal this disease. I don't know why it has to be this way. I I don't know. But those are the moments when your faith is tested. Does God tell the truth or not? Is he Mm -hmm. good or not? Mm -hmm. And those are the difficult moments. I affirm those are really difficult times. And all we can do is trust him. Hmm. Well, I think if you claim to be a Christian and claim to follow Jesus and want to learn about Jesus, then you would say, look, this is what I would like. Now, I don't know if this is what God wants for me, but as I'm following Christ, he says that I'm going, whatever it is, he's going to do what's best for me. Then I will be satisfied with what happens Hmm. because God is in control of my life. 
certain things happen to people and they get mad. Like you said, they get angry. God, why did this happen? But if you're really honest with yourself, for instance, there's like, like me, I eat like garbage. I eat like garbage. Now there's things happening to my body because I eat like garbage. You know, it can be cured by not eating like garbage. Mm. But as I went through my life, there's little voices. God's telling me, don't do this. I'm mm. telling you, take care of your body. Make sure you don't. Yeah, I will. I'll start Monday. You know what I mean? And so now the all certain things are happening to mm. me. But in, in all honesty myself, it's not God's fault. There's certain things that I did in my life and my lifestyle, and I thought this path was better than what I knew I should have taken. And then it all builds up. And if I'm honest with myself, it's not God that did anything. It's not God's will for me to do this. I did it to myself. Mm. So if I'm honest with myself, I'm not blaming God for anything. I'm blaming myself for it. And if people that follow Christ are more honest with themselves, with their faith and being faithful, you will understand that God's not doing that to you. You did it to yourself. And just like what's happening in the Middle East, there's consequences for what they did, for you know Abraham sleeping around. Mm-hmm. You know, there's consequences to right. those things. It's not God's fault, but that's that's how I feel with the whole thing. People that pray for something and they don't get it and they're mad at God because they didn't get it. It's like, well, then how good is your faith? How good is your Christianity? How, I mean, are you real? Do you really believe what you're saying that you believe? Because mm-hmm. if you're mad at God because you didn't get it, but yet you're saying, I believe in Jesus and I believe in faith and whatever, well, his will be done. And then you're all mad. Mm-hmm. How faithful are you? I think that's such a good point. Is that a good point? Oh, I, I, hope is, so. I think that's a great point. Because a lot of times I ramble. I'm not a theologian. <laughs> I'm a regular guy just trying to ask uh, We just play theologians <laughs> on the radio. So, I mean, that's all we're, right. that's what it we're did, doing. Yeah. It did yeah. clear something up for me, though, because I've noticed every time we come into the studio, the trash can's empty. Little did I know, Dan was eating the garbage. Yeah, well, now you now you now you know where it's going, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think, I think oh, your man. point is spot on because a lot of us – accidentally, intentionally buy into this American-made gospel that says, if you become a Christian, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you know, you're going to drop 25 pounds, you're going to get a full head of hair, you're going to be healed, and all these other things. That's just not reality. No. Being a Christian is one of the greatest experiences of my life. It is life to the fullest, but it's a hard Life and there are natural consequences for our actions. I even think our consequences are God's grace because they're moments that we can learn, pause, reevaluate. And what I tell my my family and anyone I counsel is, I don't care what you've done in the past. Frankly, if you are saved, God says that's covered. If you're not saved, God says I'll cover it. Now finish well. Abraham could have lived in his mistake. He could have said, I slept with her. Now I've got this, you know, child that's not the promised seed. I've screwed up. I'm just going to go on my life and do it my way. But instead, guess what? He didn't. He didn't. He chose to start over and finish well. We all have opportunities, whether it's with food, with our money, with our lifestyle, whatever. God says it's forgiven. You're saved by grace through faith. Now let's finish well in my power. Isn't that right? Yeah, it's a great message because you can't go back. Right. And there's no point in dwelling on that. God is there and God's faithful. 
God wants to make your future full of life and hope and joy. Mm. But I, I do think to what you said now, a lot of people buy into what I call the let's make a deal theology. Mm-hmm. If I'm a good boy and play by the rules, then in, in return, I expect God to bless me and fix my problems. And when God doesn't play that game, then I get mad mm-hmm. and, and fail to realize, wait a minute, God didn't make that promise. Mm. That's the whole story of faith is in the good times and in the hard times. I have to trust you. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Talkin' Truth. To hear Brian's complete sermon message on today's topic, visit TalkinTruth.com. That's talk, letter N, truth.com. Get it done.